I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter, where I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of The Fifth Element, where I highlight the fifth element of hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Diggin' and Digits. Morning, Ben. I love my wife. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I've seen it now, so I totally get that. I've waited all week for that. Huh? Uh, good evening. What what food have you got coming, Charlie? You've got some food oh, in the. You got some food coming. What is it? What What is your deal? And putting my business on the street. Okay, <laughs> I have food waiting for me, guys. So we're gonna make this. Not we're not gonna make this quick. We're gonna make however long it goes. I'm just saying I've got food in the oven. You know, so you know, you, you guys know what I'm doing as soon as I get off here. Just so you know. I'm so. just curious, bro. I thought you learned from last week not to put my shit on the street. But here you are again. Here you are again. I'm dry snitching. God damn it. God damn it. Uh, what have God you been, damn it, innit? Driest. Desert dry. <laughs> what have you been listening? What have you been listening to? Yeah, so uh, it's been a kind of a slow week for me in terms of like new projects. Um, I kind of just let some go, to be completely honest, uh, that was that I knew were around and I just didn't bother, to be honest. Uh, and you've probably listened to the ones I'm talking about. But uh, I listened to two new projects. Uh, one is one actually dropped in February and I just, uh, I just recently just... It just came across me, and I just thought I'd give it a go. Uh, the Jungle is the Only Way Out by Mariba, or Mariba. Um, geez, geez, this is, um, this is a very, very dark horse contender for the top ten, honestly. It's just, um, it's got it all, right? It has it has some spoken word tracks. There's a lot of good scene on here. There's a lot of good harmonising. The production is very... What, what is, what is, it's very stripped back. But it just really, it just really works. I, I don't know how it just really works, and the vibe just fits. The whole album is just one good vibe, and yeah, there's just a lot of variety here by Mariva as well. It's just how she could, she could sing. She there's one track where she does a decent uh, raps uh, rap track, and uh, nice. uh, just you know from a format perspective, and yeah, it's a it's a very it's a very inter- it's a very interesting listen. I'll happy to listen to that again, and also uh, on the on the continuation of my minor, you know jazz foray uh, especially uk jazz i listen to norija uh bloom uh, bloom by norija uh it's actually a seven piece all female uh, uh all female set uh featuring the likes of uh, nubia garcia uh, garcia who's a uh, who's a saxophonist and also cassie kenoshi who i mentioned last week uh, from uh, uh leader of uh, seed ensemble and yeah yes um it's a very, it's a very good jazz, jazz, uh, jazz album. Not gonna lie, it's a very, very uh, fun listen. Very, it's got very light energy, a lot of light notes, um, and yeah, everyone gets a chance to shine on it, which is, which is always good. So yeah, nice, nice, good variety. And uh, yeah, other than that, just, uh, just blasting some throwbacks as, as, as we all do, you know, just uh, getting in some, getting some old stuff. But yeah, other than that, it's been a pretty decent week listening. A pretty slow week, obviously, from new yeah. stuff. But other than that, yeah, it's pretty good. So. I assume you've listened to way more than I have. So, uh, yeah, a little, little bit more. Like it was, a, it was a slow week. I didn't listen to Drake's care package because I was like, uh, 
already know what this is. Well, I listened to it once because I had to run the, the numbers, but I was Good. like... Another yeah. take one for the team. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I already know what this is, and, and it was correct. Uh, I listened to... I missed this last week. I listened to Key Glock and Young Dolph's Dumb and Dumber. That's a hard album, man. That's a hard album. I really enjoyed that. Um, of Monsters and Men... I'm going to go off uh, hip-hop for a second. Of Monsters and Men. There used to be this, like... Well, they probably still are at heart, but they're this cool little folky, poppy kind of like... They made... Uh, I think it was like six or seven years ago, and they made this incredible album that was like very Fleet Foxes, very... I don't know, man. It was it was like post-Mumford & Sons kind of chill. And I listened to their new album, which is called Fever Dream, all in caps. And... oh. I don't understand this. I don't understand why these great little bands have to just go ultra pop, like maximal pop, like I'm going to be Coldplay now. Uh, you, you don't have to do this. Everyone did it. Like Franz Ferdinand <laughs> did it. So many of these artists did it. Um, the editors did it. Uh, all these great bands I used to love from my youth. Uh, Keen did it. They just went major pop and I just go, no. Stop it, man. Everyone can do that. Max Martin's been doing that for two decades. You And Dr. Luke, you don't need to do that. So I would not recommend people listen to that. I'm sorry of Monsters and Men if you listen to the podcast, but you guys have got to switch it up a little bit. That was that was not it. Uh, I listened to Willow's album, uh, which is self-titled. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Winnie put me onto that. She said that Willow had dropped a new album and it wasn't like anything else that she's released before i don't know how really to describe it it's very raw very emotional a lot of singing uh quite experimental the instrumentals um a long way from i whip my hair back and forth which is don't get me wrong man that's a total classic uh but i really i really enjoyed that and finally this is an album i really wanted to get to last week finally got to it burner boys african giant this is fire uh, like total yes, fire maybe. man wow i was listening to this on friday and i uh, it's a terrible day man i was not well mentally like really unwell and i bought some nuts from the local nut shop took them home started roasting them and just put burner boy on and i was just dancing around the kitchen like it was crazy and i didn't get to any other music really this weekend because i was just listening to burner boy uh it's it's like a lot different to his earlier stuff where he was rapping heavily. He's just singing a lot, harmonizing a lot. Uh, the rhythms are incredible. Uh, he taught me something about Nigeria that I didn't know. There's an interlude on there that the British basically bought Nigeria. They didn't even like really, I guess, colonize it. They just kind of paid mm. Unilever, who used to be like the company that was kind of uh, big in Nigeria have turned into Unilever and, and the British just paid them a bunch of money and said, hey, can you guys like colonize this or like rule this for us? So I learned heaps. It was a great album. I recommend, yeah, everyone check that album out. Sorry, I just went deep in my, my thinking bag just about, yeah, that's South Africa for you, I guess. And that's that's relationship with Britain. Yeah. Anyway... Yeah, Episode of What's Good averted, uh, nearly quite uh, nearly there. I, just, I was just about to go in, but I just thought, no, let me just jump. So, so let's get into the episode. Bro, you have no idea. Honestly, I was, I, was, I was so close. I was just, in that moment, I was just like, oh, I just want to go in. Anyway, it's all good. You guys, you guys can look it up. 
you know, you, you guys have the tools, educate yourselves. Anyway, let's get into the show. So, we are going to... God, what are we going to do? This is going to be a bloodbath. Okay, so we're going to focus <laughs> primarily on the album that we talked about last week. I would say briefly, but yeah, kind of kind of not, kind of the same. Yeah, no. Very briefly, <laughs> chances uh, the big day is still is still being talked about, and uh, I've actually been put on uh, by pen just before the recording. That is actually a sheet. didn't make number one on the charts. Uh, mm. NFC is uh, the, the search is it uh, made number one, uh, which is apparently a yeah. second number one. Didn't even clock that. Yeah. I have been sleeping clearly, and uh, yeah, so chance didn't even make number one. Uh, he didn't do DJ Khaled and Rage, Rage Quit, which is good. Um, which uh, which is which is Not always uh, good to good to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just he does it as soon as we record this, as soon as we drop the episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, the big day, and not even just that. We're just going to be talking about the concept of just happiness in hip hop, I guess, and and happy hip hop albums, which, as we are going to conclude, would you know? Spoiler alert. There aren't many. There, there aren't many. There aren't many albums where happiness is the primary, you know, a primary thing. Happy themes, you know. It's there's always albums where you know there's people being joyous and stuff, you know, and you know people partying, having a good time, stuff like that. We all know those albums. We all know those. We all know those energy, energy packed albums. But not a. I'm content with what I have. I'm happy with what I have. My life at the moment, you know what I mean. So that's kind of where we're going. What we're going to explore, and it's going to be a very small well because <laughs> because there aren't many albums like that, which is which is which is really kind of fascinating to think about. But uh, well, let's start with let's start with the album itself, the album of note that we're talking about. Chances big day. And I'm going to say this in a tone that I hope you will know why I'm giving it in this tone. Ben, how did you like the album? Give me your thoughts on it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, look, it's it's not good. It's not a good album. And <laughs> uh, it's just like, that's all I can say really on a basic level. And, and I was kind of grilled on this by ed from central source shout out ed again i usually shout you out every week because we always have great discussions and he was like he was pretty perturbed at this whole idea of people criticizing it because it was too long and he felt which i think is rightfully so that people were just using this is too long as a way to criticize when they didn't really understand why or what they were criticizing like why 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 don't we like this album Let's not think too hard about it. Let's just say it's too long and it's trash. So I had to sit down and think about why I didn't like the album because he's like, look, I'm asking you. And I said, man, firstly, Chance can rap. He can rap really well. And he just doesn't do it enough on here. And when he does, like a lot of it is just poor. Like we get like, you know, Fantano broke out the simile kind of thing in his review where he gave it a zero which you, I don't think is zero is, is very fair. But I actually ran the numbers after that to see mm. how many similes. And uh, I don't know where I put those statistics. They are around somewhere. But um, some of the similes on here are terrible. Like, 
Uh, always 10 toes like feet. 7 p.m. thoughts in my home. <laughs> Who to put in my will? Who to put in my won't? What? Like, dude, I just called the plug and his phone was unplugged. Uh, and then the, this one, like, uh. I'm a force in I'm a force in the field. I never take damage. I was just like, what am I listening to? This is a guy who made acid rap. This is this is Eminem levels of regression here uh. at this point. You know, these are garbage bars. And and Fantano, I didn't want to step on Fantano's ones, but he had some incredible ones. Like he's just like like life is short as a midget. But mine's got to be a little LeBron. What does that even mean? Like, are you trying to be like you want to be? It's like Jay Z. See, Jay Z used the midget line, and and um, I I don't know if midget is a derogatory term. I really apologize. I'm just quoting lyrics, by the way. Uh, I I'm sorry if this is a derogatory term. But Jay Z used this line in four four four, and he says um, uh. It's like I'm the tallest midget. That ain't politically correct. Whatever. Forget it. Or something like that. Like, his use of it was so much better. And then Chance mm. recycles it 10 times worse. I've got the stats here. 17.4% um, of Chance's bars on this album are just punchlines. Just punchlines. Basically, one in every five bars is mm. a punchline. Come on, man. And mm. if they're if they're funny, if they're good, you know, I made the because uh, Ed was a little bit upset by me cherry picking and reading them, and I'm like, I understand that, you know, if you read them on paper, sometimes they sound garbage. Like if you read, you know, maybe if you read a Millie by Little Wayne, you might think, man, these are what the hell is he rapping about? But Little Wayne just flows like water. It's unbelievable on that song, and and most of Little Wayne's punchline rap. And Big Sean, Big Sean does punchline rap really well as well. But this album, I can't even begin to say how much I don't like this album. There are so many reasons, but that's the biggest because Chance, you can rap really well and you've shown that multiple times. Like, look at Ultralight Beam. Just look at Acid Rap. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, what? what's going on, man? You know, if, if we don't even get into the happy stuff, we just look at it from a basic hip-hop level it's just not very good, and it's it's really disappointing. Yeah, so I actually just looked up a couple of those lyrics he put out and just had a look of what the Genius Annotation says. And actually, funny enough, on the homepage, it just said, uh, uh, ch- uh, I think Chance said on a Zane, Zane Lone interview, the recent one, uh, that just dropped recently, that as a rapper's best album of all time. So, you know, that's just that's a, that's mm. a whole other conversation, which is uh, which just... It's just interesting, um, but yeah, I get, I understand. This is this is very, it's a very fascinating conversation. This whole thing about the big day, because we, well, you put me into these uh, these Twitter conversations about it, and you know, there's people to fit uh, with the with the chance capes on, ready to fight for mm. him, and I'm just sitting here like, I I just I just didn't rate it, bro. I'm sorry, I just I just didn't rate it. I just I just I just found. And you know, on the comment of length, um, you know, there doesn't need to be a psychological breakdown of why I thought it was too long. It was too long. <laughs> it just, it just was. It's just how I felt. I, just, I, I was sitting there about, you know, forty minutes in, and I was like, <sighs> got like five more, five, eight more tracks, bros. Same, mad. Same. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's just how I felt at the time. It's just how I felt at the time. Maybe, maybe if I listen to it again, which 
well let's not challenge let's not let's not do that to myself no, no, i'm not going to but <laughs> if i did if if i did maybe maybe it'll be 50 minutes and then i'll still consider it too long you know it can it can go either way it depends how you are in the situation at the time i listened to it i was about 45 minutes in and i was like okay i'm back i'm back good now i think i've all heard all i need to hear um so yeah it doesn't this doesn't need a psychological deep dive as some people are trying to do to this to do to this album i just look at it from the i just want to look at it from the bare bones okay Yes, I. It's funny you mentioned Big Sean because I was actually blasting Overtime, which is a recent track that he's kind of made a comeback on, saying I'm back, I'm 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 I'm, I'm in album mode, um, you know, mm. just uh, creating the hype for himself again, hopefully for DSP two e. But um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Big Sean because you know, there's I I I rate Big Sean, or well, actually, I won't say that I. I see more potential in Big Sean than I than most people uh, think. Um, you know, people see people see his career as mad corny. You know, there's corny bars, but plenty. The albums are whack. And while I kind of agree with you on majority of them, the only album I would listen to is Dark Sky Paradise. To be completely honest, um, but yeah, I, I understand his career's been a bit underwhelmed at this point, and he is a punchline rapper. Um, you know, uh, in 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 his in his in his essence. But f- boy, does Big Sean not create a fucking great motivational track, man? He can do some good motivational bars for me, honestly. Mm. When he talks sometimes about some motivational stuff, I feel good. I, I, I've had on the come up on the regular rotation for years now. I still get hyped on that. It just makes me, it just makes me feel motivated. And this overtime is the same track. But anyway, back to Chance. Chance is, I, I do I sometimes find him. Just it's just overall. I kind of find him disorientating sometimes with his flows, and that's just me. And I do get that with the album as well. Um, but I won't say that's the main crux of it. That's just a very nitpicky point. But overall, I just don't. I just. I guess it's just a matter of. Um, I think it's the same with. Uh, I think it's the same with Kanye. Okay. You know, going back to Fantano, and obviously the the meme is the meme in Fantano uh, community circles is that you know he gave beautiful daughters to fantasy a six simply because you know this is obviously boiling it down, but simply because he didn't you know he didn't really care about what was going on with Kanye personally, basically, and you kind of have to if you want to appreciate. Dark Twisted Fantasy. You have to, you have to indulge in Kanye's bullshit in in some form or fashion. Um, I I guess I don't really indulge in Chance's happiness, mm. which is what we'll get on to next. You know, I don't indulge in it. Mm. I don't indulge in it. I I understand, and I'm happy. I'm happy that he's happy. You know, you're married. You're good. You know, it's it's great. I'm I'm happy that you got a good life. It's not a matter of jealousy or anything. It's not even anything like that. It's just. You know, you did forty minutes of happiness, and now I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm content. And there's an oh oh there's another oh another wow mm. another thirty minutes of this, huh? <laughs> I don't know how mm. to feel about that. So yeah, you know, and as we, as we get into as we kind of segue into you know uh, um, the concept of happy albums or just or just um positive uh, positivity in albums um in hip-hop albums <clears throat> i lost my train of thought coughing but um yeah it's a i literally did lose my train of thought let me just let me just let me just think of what i was going to say there. 
That's all right. I'll jump in. Um, I hope you get it back. <laughs> I think, yeah, you what you said earlier about happy hip hop albums not being there's just not that many, and I th- I thought like I thought about this because Sean C did a reaction review. I don't know how people feel about Sean C. I've just discovered him. I never listened to him before, but he was kind of like, yeah, bro, you've been married. You've been married for three months. Like, it's not you know. <laughs> But you're talking about this as if it's like... I know it's about his wedding day. It's mm. called the big day. I understand that. But, like, he's like, all this yeah. stuff, like, you haven't even lived in your marriage for three months. Like, a three-month... It, it's it's really hard to for that stuff to resonate. And secondly, like, if Chance is going for... And this is why I think Chance's album went number two. If Chance is... I, you know, I want to preface all this by saying... You know, we want artists to make art that is true to themselves and true to the, like, true to what they're feeling, true to how they're progressing in life. If this is the, the headspace Chance is at right now, we're not criticizing the process. We're not criticizing, we're not saying um, you're, no. you're, you're stupid for making this or whatever. Like, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. And if you listen to our no. Rap Unicorn podcast, no. we were very explicit on this. You know, we want artists to make the music that resonates with them and that they want to make. But we are mm-hmm. allowed to, and mm-hmm. there's this there's this big rhetoric right now saying that, and and Lizzo kind of started it. Like, are you able to comment on art that doesn't resonate with you when you didn't make it? And I'm like, mm. I think you are because mm. this music is put out there for our consumption. You know, it's released to the public, mm-hmm. and so you want mm-hmm. the public to listen to it. The public are going to listen to it. It's unfair to put that art out and then say, hey, you're not allowed to have an opinion, but we want you to consume it. We're going to promote it. We want you to consume it, but we don't want you to have an opinion on it. I don't think that's fair. So we're going to just talk about the album, like specifically, not about chances. You know, we're happy for him. Of course, we want him to be happy. But making an entire album about Um, a wedding. I found my trait. Yeah. Okay, go, go. I don't know. I just just, just found my trait thought. But what I was going to say was that comparing this to, you know, obviously this is, there's no the track doesn't de- the the track list doesn't really deviate from a you know from a uh, content perspective it really is just marriage you know happy children you know this this and that and this and that whatever he talks about you know if you can compare compare that to any other album right there's always there's usually most of the time a variety of a variety of things going on. There's a variety of themes. Even production-wise, there's a variety, right? When you listen to something like, I guess, uh, Dave's Psychodrama, just for example, right? Just on top of my head. You know, there's a lot of themes going on in there, but there are moments of reprieve. There's moments of breath. There's a moment of, okay, let me just let me just jam out to Stratton right quick and, like, you know, get some head bobbing right quick. And then he goes into something like, uh, I forgot what the track is called, there's some girl's name, uh, Lucille or something like that. I forget, I forget the name. But it's like 11 minutes and it's just heavy. You know, it's kind of like Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst. It's similar to that. It's just a storytelling thing. It's very heavy. But it's not the whole album. You know, that's not the whole of Dave's psychodrama. There's plenty more to that. But obviously that's the crown jewel. When you get to Chance, it's it's literally this, it's the same feeling constantly. And, you know, it's the same with film. It's the same with most art. If if there's a progression, there has to be up and downs. 
This is I, I see this album as a flat arc, mm. as a flat character mm. arc, where you know, the, kind of the 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 story the story has already been made basically by Ten Day, by yeah. Acid Rap, and by Coloring Book. This is just the happily ever after thing, where you know, in 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 films, it's usually you know happily ever after credits. And that's it. <laughs> and this is uh, this is I kind of see this as an hour, seventeen minute, or however long it is credit credit roll. That's basically how I see it. Where it's just happy, 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 happy. So you know the variety. I guess that's I kind of think that's my main crux with all of this. Where it's just like it's just a flat arc. And while that can work, I can't think of an example, but I guess it could probably work. <laughs> uh, it, it can be. It, it's kind of mundane if mm. we're really being real, and it's just. It, I just. I just need. I, we're we're conditioned to, uh, as you know, as listeners of music and consumers of art and watchers of film or TV. There has to be up and downs. There has to be up and downs. Things to happen. When you just talk about marriage for an hour minute, hour minutes. I'm obviously being generalizing. Calm down with the capes. I'm just generalizing. You know, when when that happens, I'm looking at my watch, my 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 fake watch, which I don't own. <laughs> I don't wear a watch, but yeah. <laughs> so let's get into let's just get in, let's get away from that and just uh, get into the concept of happy albums, because like you said before before uh, before we start recording, um, your boy Joe uh, called it Disney rap, and actually is is kind of funny because that's just kind of how I was thinking about it in my head. I was like, this really is just really not bubblegum but just really family friendly in a in a way in 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 this content where it's just it's just ah it's just really it's just really weird and really uh, really discombobulating in a in an interesting way which is why we're talking about it in such depth but this is a very unique album in its in its own way where it's talk where it's you know, there's there's plenty. There's been plenty of albums. Uh, well, plenty of songs. This is it in it. Where there's plenty of songs, songs. that can talk about marriage. We songs. Can, we can talk about those if we want. There's a there's plenty of songs that talk about f- family. There's plenty of albums that talk about family, and they usually go through up and downs. Yeah. That's, that's all families do. But this is unique in the fact that it can't. It, it's just it's just on that plateau of of pure unbridled joy. And nothing else, and it's very, very, very interesting th- to think about that. Um, I know you have albums that we're going to we're going to we're going to talk about briefly um, statistically, and even in those, they're not they're not just they're not quite on the plane that Chance's album is. They're, they're somewhere they're somewhere just below, you know, somewhere just below. But at least with those, even with those albums that we're about to talk about. Even they have their up and downs. They have up and down tracks. They're not all flat arcs like I'm like I'm trying to picture here. Chance is the only album that does that. Yeah. And it's very fascinating to think about. Yeah, I just want to speak on that like super quick because I wrote this down earlier. You've made this point twice and I think it's an important point. The reason why I think this album is not resonating and, and someone in my mention said, uh, why are we so intent on consuming very violent albums about you know you know whatever they're talking about like maybe they're talking about drug dealing maybe they're talking about gun violence but we're so critical of an album about marriage and i thought a Mm. lot about that 
And I wrote mm. down this verbatim. Um, I said, because this album is not aspirational, we can't grow from it. We can't really learn from it. And yeah. I, I, then I wrote down why. And then you answered it because it's a flat arc. There's nothing going on. Yeah. And there's just yeah. no progression. It's like, yeah, you, you're right. Yeah. He's already progressed to this point. And now it's just yeah. it, it just fell really flat. There was it was just linear. There was no up and down. There was mm-hmm. no oh now we're having a conflict or or I have other things going on in my life. Like humans want to grow. Well, most humans want to grow. I think and progress. And this yes, it's great. You, you, couple of songs like so many artists. You know, even on the new E Forty album, there's a track about his. I think the last track is about his marriage. And um, they've been in a relationship. I watched the Big Boy interview. Shout out to Big Boy. He's such a legend, man. Those interviews, that guy is funny. But I watched that interview with E40. E40's like, I've been married. Big Boy. You know, since like, yeah, man. <laughs> I love that. That was, that was right on point. Um, yeah, E40's been married I was wondering which Big Boy you like, were talking about for half a second. I was like, nah, you talking yeah, about yeah. the Outcast Big Boy or the LA, LA Big Boy? So I just wanted to be sure before I did that. Yeah, so we got there. Apologies for we, the delay. We Carry got on. there. That's all right. Um, yeah, uh, E40's been married since the 80s. So he always, and I've listened to all of E40's music, he sprinkles in tracks about his wife, but there's so much other yep. stuff going on. Now, 38.8% of this Chance album is explicitly, and and I delineated this from just generic love talk or generic relationship talk, 38.8% mm. is about his wife and their marriage. That's a lot, man. Yeah. That's huge. That's and mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just these terrible punchlines. And and most of those punchlines aren't part of the marriage talk. So you could say about fifty percent of this album, half of a one hour and seventeen minute album, is just chance talking about his marriage, which happened a couple of months ago, and just terrible punchlines. And so you also said like you can you talk about one topic and it gets boring and i've been looking at pusha t's career because i want to do this little analysis pusha t versus little wayne i want to do pussy mm. versus powder i think i'll probably be out tomorrow morning on hip-hop numbers maybe wednesday so it'll be out before we uh do this 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 podcast gets released but pusha t has been talking about cocaine for a long freaking time and yet people are talking about him yep. top five at the moment all right Yep. If you want to talk about one topic, you can talk about it totally, man, your whole career, but you have to do it well. And Chance wasn't doing it well. Mm-hmm. So you did, sorry, I just mm-hmm. wanted to end on those points um, and tie them up. But you spoke about other albums. Now, everyone's probably sitting at home listening to this or or everyone because we have such a huge listenership at this point. Um, and they're saying, everything Absolutely. is love. Everything is love. I'm like, I know. I know, man, everything is love. Everything is love was 49.5% about Jay-Z and Beyonce's relationship. I went through it again last night and look and broke everything down. Um, what I will say about everything is love is that being in well into the Jay-Z fandom and now into the Beyonce fandom, You're not many people fan? talk about that album. Yeah, man. Oh, I never told you. <laughs> I quite, I quite like Jay Z. He'd probably be in my top fifty <laughs> at number one. <laughs> but um, yeah, 
Just, just look. I don't want to piss off any Jay Z and Beyonce fans, but I, I see the Twitter conversations, and no one's talking about this album. I'm sorry. And when they do, it's usually people trying to justify it and say, like, a good album and a great album doesn't need justification from anyone. No one has to come in to your mentions and say, no, it's good because of, or you just like everyone agrees it's it's a good album, and not many people talk about that album. It's not that great. Um, and I think a lot of it was the content because, again, I think it probably resonated with people who were in that headspace. And if you're in that head and heart space, that's really beautiful. But I think the reason 444 resonated more was because there was so much more conflict in it. And Jay-Z was talking about their trials yes. and their tribulations. And 444 mm-hmm. and Lemonade, the, pro- the progression from that is everything is love. So that is a mm. self-contained arc. It is. It is. It's not a linear arc like like chance. It's not. It's not a flat arc. It is a genuine arc. Mm. But again, mm. now we're looking at the response to everything is love and saying, mm, even though that is a good arc and that is the culmination of that, we're mm-hmm. still kind of cold on it. We're still, you know. So there is something in that where listeners aren't super interested in this aspect of of hip-hop and i don't know why do you think that is why do i think what just like because if we look at lemonade and 444 brilliant albums probably might be considered classic i think lemonade will be i'm not sure that 444 will be but it'll be just under it'll be in american gangster category um but then you look at everything is Mm. love and and the beats are fantastic uh beyonce's fantastic jay-z's rapping like crazy why we're yeah. not going to be talking about it like that. And I think it's because of the content. And I think it's because the content, like one of the songs is called Love Happy. So let's just riff off that, you know, that using that as a, as a, that's the content of the album. Why mm. is it that mm. hip hop fans aren't super keen on this love happy content? Why, why do you think that is? Okay. I think what people would think, what, what would possibly think as an answer is that oh just everyone's so cynical or you you lot just don't like people being happy shit like this i'm just like no i think the context of this and it kind of it kind of mixes in with the classic conversation that you just posed just uh, briefly you know jay if, if i'm talking about if we're talking about 444 i think that is what i call a uh, i call it an artist classic so it, what I've been trying to think in my head for the past year, right, is the ter- is like the term classic and trying to break it down. And this is a minor tangent, so just stay with me here. Um, I think um. there are when people say, "Oh, this, that album's a classic," that album's a classic. I'm just like, "Is it though?" And I think when I say "Is it though," I'm really thinking that yeah, it's a, it's a classic for that artist. Like it's a it's a mm. it's a a mandatory listen if you want to get into that artist. You know what I mean? So if you want to get into Jay-Z, I think 444 is definitely in that in that mix where you have to cuz you know it's all part of his it's, it's all part of his story. Like you have to you have to go to reasonable doubt for the beginnings and then you go to like I don't know the Blueprint or Volume 2 or whatever or the Black Album and then you get to something like I don't know Blueprint 3 maybe, you know, obviously it's not the best one, but I think it's more prevalent just because of where he was at that point and then you get to 444 where he's jay-z as we know now so while i obviously that classic conversation is way down the line because it's only been about 
two, three years. Um, while that 444 conversation mm-hmm. way down the line, it may, it will probably be definitely be a, a Jay-Z classic, not a out-and-out classic. But yeah, that's just, that's just where I come from from that. And s- linking to that, the context of this where why don't people like love happy or why don't people why didn't people rate everything as love i think it is in the context of again i think it's in the context of the artist if you love jay-z or beyonce you're gonna blast that album (laughs) you just just are you're just gonna blast that album and because they're talking so explicitly about themselves and about their story and about their togetherness then you have to, again, similar to Dark Twisted Fantasy, you have to have some sort of investment into that artist. That's what some artists actually uh, ask for. Some don't, which is which is which which is fine, but some do, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It just really depends on what the content is, what your story is, is it relatable, yada yada yada. Uh, there's a lot of factors. And that's the risk that some artists take, and I think that's what the that's the risk that Chance took, uh, where he's he's found a perfect time in his life, which uh, which obviously you know <laughs> most of us can't relate to because that moment is like chewing a, a a strip of juicy fruit, where it's like five seconds of absolute glory, and then it's just two minutes of just ugh sucks <laughs> you know what I mean mm. <laughs> it's like chewing a piece of bubble gum it feels great for a couple of seconds uh, for a couple of minutes and then it's just gone that's just how life is in general not to get too existential but that's just how life is so Chance decided to take this sh- snapshot of the his most perfect time in life uh, and put it on an album Jay-Z and Beyonce decided to take a snapshot of everything is love and the snapshot of their marriage and put it on an album right there you can take it if you want to. We just decided not to because we didn't want to. I, I don't know. Obviously, for that goes into subjectivity and you know your re- you guys's reasoning into why you didn't listen to it. For me, I was just I listened to everything is love and I was like, this is good, you know, and this is you know, and it it it, it links the um it links the lemonade and four forty four thing going on. No, it make it makes the link, and it's great. So when when I listened to that, I was just like, you know, I accepted it, and moved on with my life like most people do. Jay Z and Beyonce's life isn't like that all the time, and Chance's life isn't like that all the time. We just need to take account of that, and just take it for how it is—a snapshot—and that's all it is. So I think there's just a lot of context that people need to get into where. You know, we just we just see it as in this positivity. We just see it as okay. We just need to get it into our heads that that is a snapshot, and that's not how Chance is building up his life forever. It's just how he felt in that in that mm. t- period of recording. So it's just a, it's just obviously there's a, a lot of context there, but you know, it's just something that obviously needs to be accounted for. Yeah. <clears throat> This is something I've been I've been tackling a little bit in my personal life is, and I spoke to uh, Winnie about this, and she came up with a great, uh, I guess not metaphor but just way of a visual, and she's and we were talking about the difference between infatuation and love. Now there's a huge difference. People, I hope 
people out there know what the difference between infatuation and love is. Infatuation is that phase in a relationship where everything's beautiful, you know, everything's great. You just, you feel like you're in love with this person every day. It's amazing. And you want to spend every waking moment with them. You want to talk about them all the time. Everything's positive. Life is just great. It's it's a chemical reaction that is happening in your body. Look it up. It's a genuine thing. It's not a bad thing at all. I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but it does make Damn, us do Ben's silly things sometimes. Like, I got to man. I got to. I've been. I've been researching this, and it just hit me that this is probably why this is we're struggling with this. Because okay, so now that's the infatuation phase. That's the first couple of months of a relationship. This is why people get married after two months and then they get divorced after a year because they were in this stage and they weren't cognizant of it. And that's totally understandable. If you've never been in it before, you might mistake it for love. Now that's a cloud. Okay, the infatuation phase is the cloud. You're up there in the sky, you're high, the sun is beaming on you, it's incredible. Now, love is completely different. Love is the rock. Love doesn't go anywhere. It takes so much time to form and build, and you can't just pour positive emotions into it. You know, experts say that it takes at least a year to fall in love with someone at least, at the very least, sometimes, you know, two to three years because you have to get to know the person. You have to go through trials and tribulations together. You have to see all different aspects of this person, you know? And so while the infatuation phase is great, it doesn't, unless you're right in the middle of it, and it's rare, you know, I've spoken to a lot of people who have never even been in that phase in their life. And and that's normal, you know? That's not a weird thing. That's probably a rare thing to actually be able to go through. And unless you're in that phase, like this Chance album spoke to me on that level. I'm like, yeah, I remember when I felt a bit like this. Like, I'm kind of, I'm, you know, on the tail end of the infatuation Mm. phase myself right now. And Winnie and I are trying to like really build something in bedrock, you know, something really strong and powerful. And now we're not in that phase because we have to have difficult conversations about things. Chance is not having any of this stuff. And I'm just like, and that's why everything is love is different to this because we saw that bedrock being built in Lemonade and 444. We saw the trials. We saw the struggles. Those why, that's why those are classic albums and why Love Happy, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z are not in the infatuation phase. They've reached a whole other level. Like they're love happy because they worked freaking hard on their relationship. We didn't see any of that work with Chance. What are we meant to expect? Are we meant to think this just popped up out of nowhere? Like, you, we don't, we didn't hear from you for three years. You know, we don't know if, if this is, if you've gone through all this stuff. We don't know if this is real. We, we have no idea how are we meant to connect with this. And I think that's the problem with this kind of, and, and I want to just quickly jump to, um, uh, the Notorious Big and Faith Evans album, The King and I. Now we'll get into some of the bars in a second, but I think now that I'm coming to this train of thought, I think this is on this train as well, where it just felt so disjointed because it came out, you know, two years ago and rest in peace, Notorious Big, of course, you know, like total legend. And it's just really sad that we lost him. And, and Lil' Kim drops some verses, Buster drops a verse, uh, and Faith is just, you know, still devastated by his passing. But her words are very heartfelt and very loving and caring but his words just don't match it. And because they're old verses, you know, he, he, they didn't have this opportunity to build this bedrock of love and commitment and warmth and solidarity 
And so it just feels really weird. Like, you know, they do the 10, they flip the 10 crack commandments. I don't know if anyone's listening to this album. When it came out, I didn't hit it up because I was like, man, I don't want to hear that. Like, that sounds pretty garbage. So I analyzed the lyrics. It's not that great, man. It's not that great. So like <laughs> they they flip the 10 crack commandments into the 10 wife commandments, right? So Big will just be like, um, he'll he'll say the rule. So it'll be like rule number, number uno. I'm terrible in Spanish. And then so Faith will respond with the wife commandment. So it, she flips it at number two. Got to be a pretty oh girl all the time. Got to build him up and make him strong. Number three, got to be a lady in the street. You got to be a freak in the sheets, but don't uh, do it too much. Like, I'm just like, man, what the hell? And then you've got terrible big bars. Like, um, it's I wrote down it's this weird dichotomy between Big's hypersexual rhymes and Faith. Mm. She either bounces off them or replies to them and tries to change them because, like, he'll be just rapping this hypersexual stuff about sleeping with a bunch of different women. And then she'll be like, I'm the type you want a wife. I'm not no one-night stand. And I just like... So there's a classic one. Uh, what's the track? It might be Fool For You or it might be one... Of, I've got it written down here. Mm. And so she'll be like, but tonight we're making love. And then Big will reply, no love making, strip, strictly backbreaking. <laughs> so she'll say, what about dinner? What about dinner and a movie before you move me? And he says, strictly sex, that sweaty leftover spaghetti. And then she says, I see you got your own plans, but sometimes I need a little romance. I'm like, oh, it's a mess, man. And and look, uh, it was done with all good intentions. I'm just clowning on it because it's so jarring. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why they chose those big lines specifically mm. for her to riff off because they're just <laughs> notorious big. You can't deviate him, you know? He made who shot you. Like, if he's going to say something on wax, he's going to say it on wax. It's going to stay on wax. It's very hard to transform the meaning of those words. Um, but shout out to Faith because the way she sung on that album was incredible. And she actually, if you're just looking at the lyrics, you might be like, man, this, this is not going to work. But it actually, she kind of, uh, she gets there a little tiny bit sometimes when she sings because she puts so much freaking emotion into it. But anyway, I think that's why, um, I think that's why we struggle with this chance thing because as you say, it's a flat arc and we're just like, like, uh, if we talk about the 2088 with um, Big Sean and, and Janae Aiko, there's a lot of conflict in that, you know? There's a lot of conflict. There's actually a lot. There's a lot of sex. 39.4% is just straight sex. I'm serious, man. Like, very visceral sex. Like, like uh, I'm not going to read out some of the lines, but it's... Okay, yeah, man. It's just like... Okay, you guys... Probably should have kept that in the the text message chain rather than put that on wax, but but they did it. But um, that was received well, man. Like Metacritic users gave it eighty out of a hundred, and Big Sean's average for the user score is sixty three point four. So that was received well, and I think because it had conflict, there was an arc to it. You know, there was concepts in there. They bounced back and forth each other. Like that was something for it resonated with people. You know, we could we could relate to it and identify with it. So. I think that's the problem, man. It's like this difference between infatuation and love. And uh, I don't want to say like I'm an expert on love. I'm definitely not. And Chance, I just wish you'd given us more so we could understand how you got to this place. Because 
it doesn't look real from here. It just looks weird and infatuation phasey. Yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, it's obviously not. I know. Well, I personally know. I don't know about the audience, but I know you ain't talk. I know you ain't saying. You know, love is garbage and positivity is garbage. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like that. The, I think no, the point no, no. we're trying to make, right? And I love how this is. This is I love this episode so just purely for the fact that we've just ridden on this flat arc, which is like a story, uh, story creating uh, phrase, which is so great. This is getting into my screenwriting bag right here. This is yeah, man, good. you're killing this. Anyway, so I love this. this is this this is basically this is basically uh, you, you. So you have three arcs, right? When it comes to storytelling, okay, you have the flat, you have the positive, and you have the negative, right? So you guys, you guys know what the positive one is. It's you know, it's it's someone, it's it's Lord of the Rings. It's, I'm going on an adventure. You need to do something, and by the end of the journey, you are all better for it. You know, that's how life is supposed to go for it, for everyone. You know what I mean? Where we start off, we start off at where we're at. We suffer the trials, we battle through them, and we're, and we're yeah. on the higher plane just because of that. You know, the the journey is better. The, the journey is more rewarding than the destination, as as the old quote says. And then there's obviously a negative one where you know there are some some of them stories. You know, some of them films or or, or albums you listen to, where someone starts off at a place and they just get lower and lower and lower. They still try and fight, but they just can't. They they just they just end up losing for whatever reason. Maybe they're just unlucky, or maybe they were their own demise. And then then there's and then there's chance, which what we're talking about, where it's literally just I succeeded, and I'm just going to talk mm. about the fact that I succeeded in my happiness and I've and I've achieved my goals. You know, in the in, in an hour and twenty minutes, it's it's just mm, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. fit. It doesn't yeah, fit. It yeah. may work. It works for... Uh, and, and this is the thing, right? Flat arcs can work. I've done it before. I've, I've ri- I, wrote a, I wrote a story re- I wrote a story a few years ago where a character is literally just the same and just everything else goes on around, around the character. And it works. It works in a character sense. It doesn't work when the whole yeah. story is like that, which is obviously yeah. what Chance is talking about. Yeah. So... so you know, it's just is you can you can be flat and be that observing type, which is basically what it is. It's just basically observing the world around you, and the fact that you don't change, just obviously you harps onto that fact. But because it's just con, because it's just one feeling, it can't it 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 doesn't justify the length, which which I, which I'm trying which I'm trying to do. It doesn't justify the friggin' length. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever, whatever you guys come a uh, uh, conclusion, you come out with this, right? Just know the album's fucking long. <laughs> just to say, but um, yeah, I just I I I do love to, and that's kind of why I love twenty eighty eight. Just talking about that because of just how raucous that that that. Uh, Man, that's crazy. That one, but it's just so raucous. <laughs> Of just, them, of just them going through shit. It's just, it's just, it's like a reality show. To be honest, it's like great, a reality man. show. So that, I think good. that's one of the skits in it. The skit is, yeah, the yeah, skit yeah. is them in the reality show, and they're just talking about yeah. relationships and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's literally it, and it works because there's conflict, and you know, the, the conflict is just how how we respond to things. It's how we com- it's how we consume it's how we it. Learn. We need that challenge. They, they need to in, in order to be entertained. We as an audience need to see that person be challenged. It's why I don't even rate Superman as a superhero because he's just too OP. He can just do everything. What's the point? It's just mm. you can't. I don't. I don't believe you can make a good Superman film because it's just impossible. 
unless you severely hinder him in a way that the comics didn't, then that doesn't... I'm getting on a tangent, but fuck Superman, basically. It's just it's just mm. pointless. It's pointless doing mm. it. And this is basically the similar thing where I'm just like... It's just, it's just there's no, there's nothing there's nothing to grab on there's nothing to grab on be entertained by it's just it's just I'm I, I love my wife I love my wife ah! that's literally it <laughs> <laughs> you're right I love man. that meme you... bro I love it but it's that's literally uh, all it is uh, I don't know how we can say it any better I don't think I have anything to add to that because that's right like everything you said there is is right it's the ending credits it's the it's the they jump to the conclusion of the store of the rom com without the rom com. It's just the credits and the happy music playing yeah, over at the end. end. It's, it's like yeah. why and you turn up imagine if yep. you turned up and yep. saw that. You would leave be like and it went for an hour and seventeen minutes. <laughs> You'd just be like, huh? So you I look, man, yep. you can defend chance people can defend chance. If it resonated with them, that's great, but I think you nailed it, Charlie. I don't, I don't think there's anything else to add to that. That's, you killed that. I will pose you with one more question, and okay. you don't have to go deep into it. But is this the first? Is, has has Chance just created Utopia rap? Because <laughs> mm. he's just posed that's... a Utopia, and that's literally what he's rapping about. It's just a Utopia for him. So I, I just wonder: has he created a a, a, yeah. a subgenre of hip hop? I want. Well, they called it Happy Hop. So I wanted to like think about that because I think I think Coldplay kind of did it with rock a little bit and pop where they just went ultra maximal happy. But even that, there was pain in the lyrics. Like it was happy music, but it was juxtaposed with painful lyrics. This is just happy music with happy lyrics. But but you know we don't want to we don't want to say happy is bad. We're not saying nope. that. Okay, the, the, we just explain why it's bad, but uh, why this album is bad. But happy is not bad. But um, I honestly cannot think of another album on this level where that's happy. And I ran through. I've gone through every top ten album this decade multiple times. Uh, and I can't. No, I tried think the other day. Any. I tried. Can you I think of anything. I, 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 I didn't even stick to myself. You know, it's a decade as you did. I, I tried to go through all hip hop. I was just like scouring, just scanning, just trying to think, and I can't find anything. I just, it's just, you know, there's and actually that's interesting, right? Um, there's this is probably my last point to be honest. I did see on Twitter like people trying to. I don't know if you posed the question, but some, but some, some people were trying to find, you know, a. Well, actually, I saw it uh, searching it up, like trying to find a positive you know, straight up happy hip-hop album that we're trying to find here, and compared to Chance, and I'm just like, I can't. You know, some people suggested, you know, Common, um, De La Soul, uh, especially Freeview High and Rising, and... Yeah, we spoke yeah, about and, You know, it's it's just not there. It's not on that level. Even with um, Common's B, which a lot of people mentioned in the places I in the places I looked, I love that album. That's my top... That's one of my top five albums ever. Like, I just... That's I love that album. So, different. And I know it to the T. And they're struggling that. They're struggling that. A struggle everywhere in that in that album. So... while it, while, while Commons B is very light from a production standpoint, it's just... It's just beautiful from a production standpoint. It's like listening to harps, but it's hip-hop at the same time. It's great. It's loving. 
but the con but his, Common's lyrics aren't all positive. <laughs> you know, he's like talking about people being on the corner, people being homeless. Oh no, gosh, no! You know, uh, it's your world. There's like a whole verse where he's like talking about a girl who had dreams What's to go this? to California, and basically her ass has been her ass was fat, but now it's just flat. <laughs> it's literally that's like a whole verse on one song. So you know. Test, yeah, test. it's just, it's just, it, there, there are, you know, there are songs that are happy. You can find loads of those, but I can't, I can't find a whole album where it's just like literally just posing this utopia. And it's very, very fascinating that Chance did this from a creative standpoint. Because no, I don't, I, I will say it here. If there is someone that has done it, hail them up because I don't think anybody has done it. So respect to Chance on that front. It didn't work, no. but, it's an in- but it was an interesting path to go down, I will say that. Yeah, I couldn't find any, you know, a lot of people suggested Graduation by Kanye, and there's some, like, uplifting songs on that, but this is a difference, man. We spoke about this. We wanted to delineate yeah, yeah. between positive vibes or uplifting or motivational and just pure euphoric euphoric joy and happiness, mm-hmm. and they're completely different. You know, the uh, B is not a happy album. Like, there's some uplifting and motivational songs on there, but yep. like Testify, like The Corner, yep. The Food, you know, they're harsh, real life, it. It's it. real life stuff that they're going through. That's life. And that's why, again, I'm going to mm-hmm. reinforce this point is, you know, I tweeted the other day on my personal account if you're over the age of 30 and you're confusing the infatuation stage with love, I'm a bit worried about you because. It's not love. I'm sorry. You know, we've all we've been infatuated and we thought we we're in love. That's fair, man, when you're young. It happened to me. It even happened to me last year. But it wasn't love. It was infatuation. Like, that's mm-hmm. what this album feels like. And and mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say, man. It's, it's just, it's a very rare album. It's a very rare album. Next time yeah. I'm in the infatuation phase, which will probably never yeah. happen again, um, because I'm actually trying to create proper love, bedrock love, marriage kind of the real kind of stuff. I'm going to do all that lemonade 444. Oh, I'm not going to do the Jay-Z stuff. That's ridiculous, man. You can't you can't cheat on Beyonce, Jay. I'm sorry, man. I know you listen to this podcast. Don't cheat on Beyonce. Anyone listening, do not cheat. In it. Do not Fumble. cheat at all. <laughs> Don't cheat. It's stupid. But um yeah, man, like I, I'm never going to come back to this album. Just put it that way. Uh Fantano gave it a 0. I'd give it a 1. Like slow man, <laughs> it's it's not good. It's bad. Oh, and on that note, we shall leave it there. Do you have a light note, sir? I actually have two. I have two. So the first one is a little bit light. The second one is a little Shoot. bit heavier. The first one is like, um, what are the rules around? Because I I live in Sydney. It's a big city, but I know. I've met probably 500 to 1,000 people, or probably more than that. I would know by recognizing at least 1,000 people, maybe 800 people. What are the rules around when you recognize someone on the street and you make eye contact or you, you both recognize each other? Do you stop? Do you say hello? Like, do you have to have seen them in the last five years? Like, this is a hard <laughs> thing, man, because it happened to me. It's happened to me quite a bit over the last two weeks. And I was complaining because it never happens. I'm like, I never see anyone I know in Sydney. And I know a lot of people. And then the last couple of weeks, I've seen people and just frozen. Like like the fight or flight, I just froze. I didn't know what to do. So I, I don't know. Do you have any, like, is there a rule around this? I don't understand it. Well, I'm British. So we basically go hello and then move on with our day. 
So yeah, ah, that's just that's the code. That's, good. that's just the code that's just beaten into us from day one. Salute to all the British people that listen. But no, uh, I think it's um, it depends. It depends on who it is. If it's like a, a uni friend, you know, from you know from that I graduate with, then I then I stop and you know dap them up and stuff like that, and, sit and ask what they're doing and stuff like that. But if it's someone that I that I knew from I don't know from probably like way back from like high school or whatever you know actually it actually happened to me a couple like a week ago I just you know I saw saw a mate cross the street I was like yeah what's good man you good yeah yeah all right cool and we moved on it didn't stop so it's a case by case basis on depends on who it is who the person is and if you have like you know uh, if you rate him that highly uh, to stop and actually have a chat and actually have a catch up but um, yeah most of the time. It's usually just, uh, just like, yeah, you're right. Are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. See you later. <laughs> just it, all in five seconds. Just get it, get it done. Yeah, it's a bit different in Australia because we're very chatty. All people can be very chatty, so it's more like, hey, how you been? What you been up to? How's work going? Like, and I despise small talk. I can't do small talk. I'm thirty. I don't. I shouldn't have to do small talk anymore. I did it for like fifteen years of my life. I'm over it. So I'm always of the. Yeah, we'll make eye contact and I'll just pretend I didn't recognize you and or or I'll I'll rationalize it away and say, yeah, we both <laughs> recognized each other, but you know, we we we're cool. We're, we're mature enough to know. We we didn't we just that that moment of recognition was enough. But um yeah, man, I, I don't exactly. really know what the rules. The other so the other lighter note, which is a bit heavier, and I've had this thought for many years now. Ever since I saw Dave Chappelle's uh first Netflix special. Do you, are you familiar? Can I mm. ask if you are familiar with Dave Chappelle? Yeah, 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 familiar. Yeah, I watched them. Okay, so I don't know how exactly to put this eloquently, but I honestly think Dave Chappelle says stuff on stage that is not funny about what African Americans are going through and just racism in general. And I think it's a giant social experiment because I think he's said multiple times i obviously can't see the audience but he says it in his in his stand up that most of his audience is white i think he says this stuff and then all these people in the audience laugh but i'm sitting there like that wasn't funny that was sad and dave doesn't laugh he doesn't react he just says it deadpan and when he's telling a joke that he finds funny he'll laugh mm. at it i've watched him a lot but i honestly think it's a giant social experiment to see i don't know what he's trying to prove racism is he trying to prove that people aren't really listening to what he's saying but he'll say some shit that's not funny and people will laugh at it i'm like that's just sad and oppressive why are you laughing at that yeah mm, that's a, it's an interesting point um i when i actually watched those netflix specials i didn't really rate him that highly i just found that I, I actually found most of the jokes pretty outdated i just i was just mm. like Ugh, my guy it's 2019 you gotta chill with that it's just not even that's actually ain't even funny no more but uh yeah I, I understand what you're talking about um there's clearly i think it's just a matter of i think his i think his knowledge of the world and his life experiences over the past 10 15 years I think it's jaded him a little bit, and obviously I don't know him as a person, but I just it just seems like that. Where I watch old, you know, Chappelle show sketches, and I watch and I watch the show itself, and you know, I see his old stand up, and you know, he's energetic and you know, stuff like that. But now he's just, you know, he's got the jacket on, he's got he's smoking, 
and you know he's, he's got a grim, grisly voice and you know stuff like that. And mm. you know he's clearly been he's clearly had life experiences and he's gained knowledge to the point where he sees through stuff. And mm. I just sometimes I guess it's I guess it's just a matter of you know being a comedian and being able to uh, get your life experience across in a space of an hour. You could obviously break it down, mm. but obviously there's not enough time. So you obviously have to di- you have to you have you have to condense that shit into you know into like a two minute or five minute joke. Um, I just think in that case, in those in those cases uh, of the Netflix specials, I just think it was a matter of you know, it, and it was and it was about I don't know ten years since his last special or something like that, you know, and it's going to be the mm. same with Eddie Murphy coming up. Chris Rock, obviously, and I think Chris Rock bossed it with Tambourine, by the way. Um, that was like, I, I I made a comparison on um, The Fifth Element, like, Tambourine, Chris Rock's Tambourine, is Jay-Z's 444. They're both the same. They're both introspective. They're okay. both, I've been away for a couple, a few years, and here's what I've learned. And it works. Um, but yeah, I think Dave Chappelle, while I do rate him, those particular specials I just didn't rate personally, and that's just how it is. But yeah, I think there's a, there's a genuine conversation there where... Um, or a genuine debate there anyway, uh, where Chappelle, I think, is just just a bit jaded by his experiences and has not not too much knowledge. There's no such thing, but he he can't he it comes across it, it does come across a bit. Um, I know shit that you don't know, and I'm not going to tell you it kind of thing. It's just it's just a bit weird. It's not it's not mm. exactly inviting. Um, mm. but obviously he, obviously he gives off that aura now as like that comedic legend that, you know, well, oh, he turned, he turned down 50 million or whatever it was to do his show. So like, you know, he's kind of just an enigma at this point, kind of a talisman of some sort. But, um, yeah, it, it, regardless, regardless if, you know, just to say if he, if he was doing a show, I would happily go see just to say, <laughs> so, you know, I'm not exactly saying fuck Dave Chappelle, but I understand where you're coming from. It just, it just came across a bit. Ech. It just came across with a, it left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Interesting, that, interesting. Yeah. I never heard that before. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed them. I enjoyed the the pimp. Um, oh, I think it was the second one when he was doing the breaking down the way that the industry kind of pimped him. But I did, I yeah, I, I feel you on. I've never really thought about it, but mm. yeah, he he was kind of like that on stage. Like I've seen some stuff or I know some stuff. He's like, I can't tell you, and then he's like, I might tell you. And then he's like, all right, I'll tell you in this roundabout story that you have to kind of put the pieces together. And even then, it's not the full story. So you might be able to put the pieces together, but you might not be right. And you always question whether you were right. So that can be a little bit frustrating. I Mm. feel like he's good enough as a comedian Mm. to give us the answer, like, pretty clearly, but indirectly. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do you have anything on a lighter note this week? Uh no, okay no no I'm I'm pretty content. <laughs> I'm pretty content Never. for once. <laughs> we actually, mm, no, I do no. I do have a minor one actually, just a, just a small okay. one, just a small one. I don't want to go into this, and I've I've made the point before, but I just want to reiterate it. Um, I'm sorry guys, Freddie Gibbs and Madlib isn't the best duo of this generation. I just want Thank to say you. that because I feel like people are really overhyping the duo and I do think there are plenty of other one producer, one rapper duos that have come out in the past 10 years and have been way better 
and you guys have just slept on it. So I just want to say that. I don't want to make an argument out of it or a debate out of it. You know, you lot, you guys can think what you think. I rate Mad Lib as a producer, one of the most underrated, I think, in my land. Freddie Gibbs, one of the best coke rappers in the game, but one of the best rappers in the game right now. They're both great. I just don't think the projects that have come out, Bandana and the Pinata, while I do enjoy them, there are plenty of other one producer, one rapper albums and and collaborations over the years that I just find much better. So I just wanted to just wanted to get that out, nice and calm. No, 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 no yeah, malice. that was just uh, no, that was, I just wanted that was to make calm. my point. I do wonder about that. Like everyone's yes. it's, it's because I, it's because mind. I have food next to me. <laughs> yeah, what do you? Uh, can we not? I I won't I won't I won't ask the question. I'll just. It's just out there, you know. Guys, I've just got some chicken and rice. Fucking hell, there we go. All right, right. you happy now? Just got some chicken and rice. That's all it is. Chicken and rice. Some chicken and rice. Nothing mad. Calm down, my boys. I'm I'm eating. I'm eating good. It's all good, right? (laughs) Just I know you guys care. Okay, I'm eating good. It's fine. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. People care about. And on that note, (laughs) Jesus Christ, trying to put my business out on the street once again. This has been digging digits. <laughs> I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm really interested in how I'm going to title this one. <laughs> uh, enjoy your week. Hope you enjoy the show. We'll try and have a good week as well. And until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show, clips from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chopper Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chopper Breakers will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been the Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.